on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Is Super Troopers worthy of its status as a cult classic? Has a story about incompetent police officers hold up next to the Black Lives Matter movement? How many times can we say shenanigans in one podcast? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me right now it is Brendan White and Ali, Miss Ali Hart from the Hungry Gamers. How are you guys doing? Good. Good start. Very good start. Doing very well, thank you, sir. Uh, looking forward to talking about uh, this film and. Um, yeah, seeing what all our respective takeaways are of this movie, you know, 20 years down the line. Yeah, um, 2003, I haven't even got this in front of me. I think it's 2001 slash 2002, depending oh, on the region. Man. Yes, okay, that makes sense. Uh, Super Troopers is what we're talking about. The, uh, I guess, debut from the comedy group known as Broken Lizard, uh, directed, written by Jay... Chandra Sekhar, who plays Thorny in this film, and uh, a film that I don't have a lot of experience with. I certainly watched it probably a bit down the line, like 2006, 2007 probably, because it was a movie that a lot of my friends at uni were into, and they would make reference to and quote, and thinking back, I'm, I'm trying to think, what would they be quoting? Because I didn't find it super quotable, but it was probably just the meows and stuff like that. <laughs> A lot what? of meows. A lot yeah. of meows. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ali's raging. This, this is, yeah, I think the shenanigans was was another one too. But um, yeah, so so I, I watched it back then and I didn't watch it again until last night. But that's my experience. Ali, tell us about your history, your long learned history with Super Troopers. I'm genuinely shocked that like this isn't such a like... Def- like a defining moment or movie of moment for our generation like i honestly felt like everyone around my age group like this was a a defining film um this movie came out it was always um playing at parties and house parties and such um i also found it to be this wonderful movie where you could kind of connect with your peers by quoting it um i when i worked at jb hi-fi there was a lot of quoting of Super Troopers mm. and yeah, like this is was always in a rotation for me. And even like I would constantly just watch it. If you, you know how you have those kind of movies where you know what happens, you know everything about it, but you just want a good movie in the background so you can have a bit of a chortle. That was my movie, Super Troopers. Yeah. And I, I also listened to the director's commentary too. <laughs> Really keen, really big. Really su- super, I like you it. can say super fan of Super, super Trooper. Yeah, I guess fan, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I mean, we, we did Anchorman a few months, like quite a few months ago, and you, I think we talked about it in a similar way where it was something people would just throw on. This definitely didn't reach that level in my community. Although, like I mentioned, it was quoted and, and talked about enough that I felt like I had to watch it to, you know, catch up on the references and stuff. But it didn't make its way into my like regular rewatch uh, rotation. But what about you, Brendan? Yeah, like I had had to have a bit of a long hard think about um, my my time and my touchstone with this movie. And like similar to you, JP, like I, I watched it when it came out in sort of those early two thousands. But 
it wasn't where it was on background at parties and whatnot. And I think the first time I watched it, I might have actually been stoned with some friends. So um, <laughs> my, my sort of memories of this movie is a little bit hazy in every sense of that word. But uh, I do remember after this movie coming out, there was a lot of cat-oriented jokes happening at school because I was, what, well, 15, 16 at the time when this movie came out. And, yeah, there was a lot of, lot of meow and uh, cat punnery going on at school for the following few months after this movie came out. But, yeah, it didn't really, didn't really hit and sort of stay around our circles for, for long. And then since then, like, last night was the first time I've watched this movie in, like, what, near 20 years. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long, long time between uh, litre of cola drinks, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I literally didn't remember a single thing about the film as I sat down to watch it. Like, I couldn't have told you any standout moments, scenes, quotes. Like, I just had no recollection of, of it. So it was basically like watching it fresh, uh, which which made it interesting because I've only done that a couple of times with this podcast with a movie that I've never watched before. But if you look at it, like, the movie made $23 million, which is basically nothing. Um, except for the fact that it was filmed for about 1.5 million, so it did well. They would be very happy with that. It really must have been more of like a DVD hit. Do you do you remember if you saw it at the movies, Ali? Were you no, one of I, the one of the rare few? I definitely didn't see it at the cinema. I remember it being advertised at the cinema, but I never went and saw it there. It was all strictly at home. Yeah. And I can see where it fits into that like cult rewatch kind of following, uh, mm-hmm. and especially with our age group, being that it's such a kind of dumb, like stoner almost level comedy. It um, is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I find so funny about well, me in particular enjoying it because it is under the category of being kind of like a stoner film, mm. um, and I'm obviously nowhere near close to a stoner um but i still really really enjoy it so there you go well uh let's move into the rotten tomatoes game anyone want to guess how this bad boy ventured with the critics not well i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh not well jp not well at all i'm gonna say sub uh, let's go 39 let's go 39 I don't even think they'll be that nice. I reckon it's going to be like, I think it's going to be like late 20s, like 28 or 29. Yeah, interesting. That's So tell me why you think it's so low before we dive into it. Because, you know, you're obviously a fan of it. You There must be something about it that you feel like wouldn't be appreciated. Because I don't think this movie is necessarily made for any kind of like acclaim like it like it it fits the stoner category it's very like Mm. jokey raunchy kind of college humor kind of thing so i definitely don't think it was ever going to reach a level where critics would find it uh at a like a reviewing it at a high level but it's obviously gotten its fame and popularity because of you know i guess like teenagers college age students are becoming this kind of cult classic film Mm. Um, cult, comedy cult classics so it's got popularity but it wouldn't have been popular with the critics I assume yeah yeah sure well the the rating is uh, 35% so mm-hmm. Brendan you were pretty close I have to say pretty close I'm surprised though to be honest <laughs> yeah, very <me> surprised <laughs> <laughs> that it is not like in the 20s like Miss Hart said 
Yeah, I mean, looking at some of the <clears throat> critique uh, critiques about it, um, this one from Globe and Mail says this 100 minute movie only has about 25 minutes of decent material. Uh, that's you know, <laughs> I got to say, like, I tend to to feel like that too. Like, <laughs> maybe less than 25. <laughs> like, if, if this came out now, I know, I know that they did do Super Troopers too, which is potentially something we can talk about in one of the later questions, but. It really feels like it would just be like a TikTok or a YouTube video or it's something like way more condensed because there's some actually like really funny scenes, definitely. But there's so much in between where it's just like... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. <laughs> they, it's de- the, def- the movie could definitely be seen now as uh, like a bunch of really good skits. And then, like mm. you kind of said, like filler in between. So the skits that they have, some of them, in my opinion, are still pretty funny. Uh, but then, yeah, I, I, on my recent rewatch, I did kind of notice that I'm like, oh, there is a lot of downtime and obviously story that they have to kind of throw in there. I guess there has to be a story. Um, yeah, so. it was just a series of scenes just thrown together one after the other. It felt like at times, like I'm yeah. like, this doesn't really make sense being here, or this doesn't need to be here, but I get it because they're setting it up for the the punchline and whatever. And yeah, you you can see it's a comedy group just doing what they do on stage, really, just now in front of cameras with a budget. Yeah, there's definitely like a good sense of like chemistry between the the actors, which I appreciated. Like you feel these guys are believable as colleagues or friends or however you want to put it. But at the same time, it does also feel like it's almost got that like early Saturday night live movie kind of feel to it. Like a, you know, night at the Roxbury or a superstar or whatever, where it's kind of a a good idea for a sketch that doesn't translate across, like having to actually care about the characters it feels like if like if our group of friends got together on a weekend and had a video camera and said, let's try and make a movie. That's what it feels like to me. It was like, what are you guys doing this weekend? Oh, not much. Oh, I got some got some money between the couch cushions. Let's uh, let's make a movie and have some fun. Said we made yeah, podcasts. I don't, I don't want to go that far. I don't think I could do as well as they did, really, with without um, a lot of help. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they made $23 million out of it, so good for them. Mm. All right, the number one song when this movie released in uh, February of 2001. 2001. That's 15, 16. Is that like Christina Aguilera time, maybe? Very, very close to um, to the artist that was number one at the time, actually. So it's Britney Very Spears. close. Yeah. Is it like Toxic? No, it's not Britney. Oh. Think of another blonde diva. Jessica Simpson. Not quite. Think Mandy Moore? South, go, go south more. Oh, Kelly, Kelly Clarkson? Clarkson? No, it's even further south. And she's a blonde starlet from the south that sings. So, Wait, is more, she not more from... south. Is she not from America? No. Shakira? I don't think so. Yes. Oh, <laughs> whenever, there wherever. You go. <laughs> it was... Da, 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 whenever, wherever. Yeah. Shakira. There you go. Breasts yeah. are small and humble. Don't yeah. confuse them with mountains. That's it. One of and- the greatest <laughs> lines of all time from any song right there. <laughs> Absolutely. And the, the next month, it was Casey Chambers, Not Pretty Enough. So, oh, I hate that know. song. God, Australia loved that song for far too long, though. It was they like number have. one for ages. Mm. I mean, whenever, wherever was one, two, three, four, five, like five or six weeks itself. Mm. So It was a banger. 
Mm. Just Do you remember shuffling them hips oh, yeah. out in the I out guess. in the bloody African <laughs> plains or something? I don't know where where yeah. it was shot, but yeah, that's uh, that green screen or blue screen, whatever it was at the time, getting a getting a workout. Okay, what have you done for me lately? This is going to be very brief. Uh, <laughs> so the, the majority, I'd say ninety percent of the the main cast is from this group, Broken Lizard, uh, and they've mostly just done these films together. So we're talking about uh, Super Troopers Two, which was two thousand eighteen, and then there's like one or two films in between. You know. The 20, those that twenty year period, so I'm guessing that they've probably done TV shows or like internet yeah. stuff, and they're still working, so good for them. But there's not really anyone here that broke out into having like a real acting career. No, yeah, um, I saw um, I saw Jay sort of went more so behind the camera, and he's done a lot of directing mm-hmm. of like he's done a lot of shows. I saw he did some stuff with like Community and Happy Endings and a heap of other comedies yeah. and. So he's been a lot of stuff sort of behind the camera, but yeah, you don't really see anything outside of. I saw he did the cameo in Jackass where they had the old uh, fake pube beard and Chuck Danger Aaron in the boot of the taxi and remember they were going to kill him. <laughs> he was uh, the taxi driver in that I saw, which I never even connected the dots to. But yeah, that's that's all I I could sort of dig well, up. So uh, like you guys might not get to see this kind of stuff, but I'm. Um- Pretty certain Steve Lemmy and Kevin Heffernan actually went on to do a few TV shows, and I believe one of them they're um, they're either cops or firemen. Um, okay. So, but I don't think that would have probably gone over to Australia. It's only just kind of made circuits here in America. So, right. uh, I've seen them kind of both exclusively pop up, maybe in a TV show here or there. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say ne- necessarily anything too major. Yeah, I think Jeffrey Arendt, who plays College Boy 3, has probably had the best <laughs> career as far as like big, big roles. He was in 500 Days of Summer, which is like a favorite of mine. He married Christina Hendricks for really? like 15 years or something, 10 years. What? Wow. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's also, he's, his name's actually Mike. Mike is his name in the film. Okay. He's listed I caught as that just when they were doing back and forth, but um, well oh. done. I know. Well done, Mike. Christina Hendricks is a smoke show my goodness gracious it's It's so bizarre like i I remember seeing a red carpet where obviously she's like a big focus of a red carpet especially around mad men she's getting getting interviewed she's wearing some stunning gown and her body looks amazing and then like to the side as she's getting interviewed i see (laughs) oh that's the guy from 500 days of summer and he's just like this he's kind of like he always plays kind of like a dorky kind of like dweeby guy so to see him standing to the side holding her purse or whatever i was like you've done really well man like i don't know if she like met you before she was famous if it was one of those things or you imagine just- too if she met him like after watching this movie and goes i'm such a big fan like she went up and she goes like the snarsberries taste like, like snarsberries and it was just love <laughs> candy <Yeah>. bars <laughs> um i mean for all i know he's an amazing human and she just fell in love with him for that reason not you know nothing to do with fame or anything which is definitely great. not his looks he's a weird looking dude. yeah they're not together anymore i think the marriage ended last or like two years ago but um they had a good run i guess COVID. yeah would you say 15 years or something i think yeah nine or nine or ten years probably yeah okay that's that's still that's still longer than i've ever had so i can't uh, i can't throw stones that's for sure hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, good for him. He was great in this movie. Uh, we'll we'll get to that a bit later. But he was in Body of Proof. No, Body of Oh, the yeah, one Body with of Russell Crowe. No, the TV series. Ah. Um, oh. I believe that's a recent thing. But yeah, there's not really anyone else that I, w- I wanted to deep dive into their IMDb because there's just nothing really recent that's. Uh... Are you not Brian Cox at all? Yeah, Brian Brian Cox is the, <laughs> you don't want to talk the about crown Brian jewel Cox. of this whole movie. <laughs> uh, what's he done lately, though? Um, Was it Succession? Just, yeah, is that the show? Right. Heads up? Yeah, yeah the, it's you're a right. Big show. Yeah. I did see that. I just didn't write it down. Uh, uh, and I, I guess like you could say Jim Gaffigan, whatever. Yeah, he's not he's... really. He's a cameo in this movie. But yeah, Brian Cox. Also the. I don't know what he's done lately, but the dude, like the head of the police department. Yeah, Kruger from Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> In the Festivus episode. Getting, getting photoshopped out of his own, uh, <laughs> airbrushed out of his own family photo. So yeah. good. It's good to see him. Good to see him. Uh, okay, so let's move on. What's the most 2000s moment? There's a couple of couple of big ones for me to start with. There's a cassette tape <laughs> coming What's- out of a stereo. <laughs> I wrote that, but I'm like, that's probably more 90s, right? It like- is. But, <laughs> yeah, but at, the same, the at the same time, it's like I had, I still probably had some cassette tapes in 2001. I guess, uh, yeah. And I guess you can't set a CD on fire is the reason they went with the cassette tape. Uh, you can. But they, it actually, the cassette player makes an appearance twice. So, mm. yeah, I guess technology maybe wasn't as uh, high yeah. tech as we thought. <laughs> I guess what makes it 2000s is that you can, like, get away with still having a tape and it not mm. being like, why is there a tape? Whereas now, if it was a tape, or even if it was a CD, you'd be like, why have you got a CD? <laughs> like, Spotify. Stream that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, people hold on to technology. Like, CDs have been around since the 80s. <laughs> so, it, it, it definitely stands out. Um, and it would stand out, like, you wouldn't even be able to do it now. That you'd have to mm. explain why there's a tape if you didn't now. Um, and there's also a Taliban reference or two yeah. with the cartoon, which, you know, 2001, fresh... Um, well, I guess it's, e- it's even before September 11th that this mm. happened yeah. or that this was made. So that maybe that's a ahead of its time in some ways. Um, yeah. Maybe they wouldn't have gotten away with putting that into a comedy if it came out a year later because it was so fresh. But um, what did you guys have for... For this question i i wrote those two down um the only other one that i wrote down was um marijuana being like a big grab yeah, yeah. um in but i even noted here i said although the governor mentions that it's like it's not even cocaine like she thinks like so what they found marijuana it's not cocaine like yeah. so but yeah the fact that they're like finding marijuana like that's not yeah there's such a, a big like there's a big thing in this movie it's all through the movie of like reefer and like you smoking a reefer and i'm gonna bust you for, for yeah. marijuana and smuggling marijuana it just feels mm. now like i actually had that for what holds up the worst because now it's i mean it's obviously still illegal in a lot of places but it just doesn't seem as uh it doesn't seem like the thing you would pick to be like the big bad yeah, <laughs> yeah. not anymore yeah, so um, I, I had ones that you guys listed as well, but I also had, uh, I've, I've got a couple little quick hit points. The lack of teeth whitening in this movie, uh, you know, during sort of the, the later 2000s, you see every actor and actress getting the nice nice uh, teeth whitening and the the big Hollywood smiles. Uh, Mac rocking a Hawaiian shirt That might be the well. $1.5 million budget. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah, Mac Mac in the Hawaiian shirt. I remember having a fair few Hawaiian shirts in the early 2000s. So when they had a bit of a social gathering, he was rolling that. Uh, Thorny rocking the flip phone with the pull-up antenna. That sort of fringe late 90s slash early 2000s. Also, the Rolodex on the Chief's desk was Mm. another one. I remember they were rampant in every type of professional uh, career where we're like, oh, hang on, let me just find this guy's number and, you know, scroll it through to whatever letter. Mm. And the other one, and maybe the most 2000s moment for me was the old uh, Mazda MX-5 or the Mazda Miata, as they call it in America, aka the hairdresser's car of the early 2000s. Uh, where they did obviously the the faux police chase at the start where oh. he's you know dressed up and he's rocking like the white Mazda convertible those cars are very early 2000s for me because a lot of friends I know have had them uh just a lot of people in general had them and um yeah that just stuck out for me as probably the uh the the MVP of early 2000s for me nice I wouldn't have nice. been able to pick up on anything in regards to car make yeah, <laughs> me neither my dad had an MX-5 for like 20 years and I still didn't even notice it was in the movie <laughs> okay most most iconic scene usually with this I, I tend to have an idea in my head before I watch the movie where I'm like ah, oh, you know if it's iconic then it's going to be the first thing or second thing that I think of when I'm thinking about the movie so for this one it, there was really I didn't have any I couldn't do that going into it because I couldn't remember anything um, I had the opening scene um, because I, I actually thought that was like one of the funniest parts of the film. These kids stuffing, this kid stuffing his face full of drugs, and the cops just messing with him, and that's kind of introducing the concept of the movie. Which, from my limited research on the internet, the the idea for the film was these these guys, the broken lizard guys, used to drive around, you know, on drugs and and wonder like, oh, wouldn't it? Imagine if the cops pulled us over, they could mess with us so much if they knew that what we were doing and they, I guess they flipped that around and became the cops. So that scene for me stood out. I think the meow one stands out as, as quite a funny and it's probably one of the more quotable things or easy to reference things. But uh, yeah, I really want to know from you, Ali, what, what's the most iconic scene in super troopers? Um, so the meow, the cat game is one of the most iconic. You usually have a lot of people quoting that one shenanigans is one of the most quotable scenes um because like I, I everyone talks like you always hear people say shenanigans and then a lot of people always remember that one scene where he says he's <laughs> gonna pistol whip the next person that says shenanigans so they purposefully yeah. get father to say it uh i'll believe it when my <laughs> turns purple and smells of rainbow sherbet is <laughs> another quotable line um the father with his uh cola his leader cola uh, I don't want a large father. I want a leader cola. We don't know what a leader cola is. Mm. <laughs> and um, who wants a moustache, right? <laughs> oh, and I don't know if how quotable this is, but it's my favourite f- quote in the movie. <laughs> it's the part where they're stuck in the back of the truck and then they open it and open the door to them and it's just like a blank like end of conversation where he goes, and that's the second time I got crabs. Yeah. I <laughs> always laugh at that bit. <laughs> And there's plenty more, but, like, those are the ones that I know if, like, a person enjoys the movie. Like, that's usually those kind of, like, quotes that kind of go into rotation that you kind of go mm. back and forth with. Yeah. No, they're, they're all the ones that I probably enjoyed the most as well. Uh, Brendan, what, what did you have? I'm with you, JP. The, the sort of opening opening scene where you see Mike 
pretty much consuming every drug under the sun. You know, he, he, eats, he eats like a pound of marijuana and then a heap of mushrooms. Yeah. And and I can't remember what they were trying to get him to eat after that, but obviously he never did. It was a small but, pot. Um, yeah. Oh, it was just more weed? Yeah. I wasn't sure if they like kept raising the bar and then it was going to be like crystal meth or something like that. I sort of missed that in the yeah. the rewatch. But that scene there was fantastic. Like the the three stoners in the car and just sort of playing off the, the cops and yeah, just the, the tomfoolery and... You know, we've we've all, well, not all of us, but a lot of us have been um been stoned in our lives and, and know that similar situations can arise where you are a little bit uh bit on edge and a bit uh bit confused of the situation. So um yeah, it was very funny, very funny. I think it's it's funny because I think the movie peaked in that opening scene and then after that it was sort of uh you know struggling to get to those heights again. But uh yeah, the opening for me was definitely the my favourite and most iconic uh in the in the rewatch last night. Mm. Well, we'll stick with you, Brendan. What holds up the best? <laughs> this is tough. This is tough. Um, yeah. I um, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, uh, so, some of the, like, the chemistry between the Broken Lizard guys, I think, is probably the thing that holds up the best overall. But outside of that, I was struggling. Like, the other things I listed was... Um, where where they're in the in the in the station and he's doing the enhance enhance yes. which is like just a constant police or crime solving trope that you see in every single show and film which isn't how CCTV actually works anyway but it's just something that Hollywood's lent into and then the other part is um I wanted to reference is the soundtrack uh, shout out to Nashville Pussy getting a couple of tracks on that soundtrack and you hear him blasting through the through the movie itself, I was a bit of a fan of Nashville Pussy in the early 2000s, late 90s. So, uh, yeah, it was, was uh, clutching at straws trying to find out what holds up the best. But I'm going to go the chemistry <laughs> of Broken Lizard and then two things that really have nothing to do with the overall film. But uh, I find them enjoyable. Oh, man. Ali, what did you have? Like, you're, you're someone that's watched this movie. Uh, when was the last time you watched it before this week? Uh, probably sometime back in Australia, maybe. So that would be about like maybe four, five years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's probably okay. the last time I watched it. Sure. So, so from your perspective of watching this kind of repeatedly, what do you feel like hold, holds up the best? I mean, the key component jokes that we mentioned, like these little skit sections, that uh, like just the things that I found pleasantly funny, little passing comments and stuff. Um, I agree with Brendan. The chemistry is still great. Um, they went on to continue making movies together. So obviously that formula still worked for them in some aspect. Um, the only other thing I wanted to point out that kind of holds up is the fact, I don't know how many of you actually noticed it, but the normalization of uh, Ramathorn being in an interracial unmarried couple with a child um, yeah. and being slightly open. Like they don't really... They don't really harp on about it, but the fact that, like, that's the kind of relationship that he has, like, they have a kid together, they're not married, she's, like, a hemp salesman or something like that, and he's just, like, you know, a patrolman, kind of highway patrol, so I thought that was, like, a good kind of little component for them to have in there and a bit progressive. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right about that. The thing that I had for this one is is going to bleed into the next question as well. But I, I thought that they may have been ahead of the trend or at least from from some films that did this, but the whole, like, bad cop, like, immature cop, like, you know, I'm thinking, like, super bad with 
Seth Rogen's character and Bill Hader's character, and then like even Reno nine one one being a similar thing. Like actually, like a lot of was my... Reno in the nineties or was that early two thousands? I was thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, it was two thousand three, so it was a couple of years okay. after this. Um, I actually think Reno nine one one is kind of like a better version <laughs> of this. Like it's, it's the one that sticks out in my memory when I think of Super Troopers. It kind of bleeds into my memory. It does it really well. Nine one one, yeah. So that, there may have been a movie that did this in the 90s that I'm not thinking of, but to me at least, they seemed to be ahead of at least a little bit of a trend of, of um, painting cops as these like incompetent kind of, uh, you know, slackers or whatever it is and, and using that for comedy. What holds up the worst is that same thing, I think, like especially in light of, you know, Black Lives Matter and police brutality and just the seriousness of police abusing their powers it, it it is a little jarring in 2021 to watch cops who will have sex with someone on the side of the road after pulling them over for speeding or um you know messing with kids who are on drugs or you know just beating up kids on a school bus or at pulling a, out a gun whenever they want yeah yeah, exactly. And um, beating up a, a guy at the fast food restaurant. Like, there's just mm-hmm. all these things that you just kind of like, yeah, it's funny, but uh, it's kind of not funny because of what's happened in the real world. So yeah. that's that's what I had for that one. Um, as there's a few others, but do you guys did you guys have that um, on your list as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I had that sort of listed also then sort of bled into like most offended mm-hmm. as far as the, the representation of law enforcement and things like that. And mm. But as far as what else holds up the worst, um, I think the plot in general is just a bit of a mess. <laughs> like we sort of mentioned at the, the, the jump of this show where it just feels like a series of skits to get to the ultimate resolution here. And then there was just, I, I got real nitpicky here. And like there was just weird continuity issues or, or missing um, parts of info or just incorrect info getting thrown. Like um, in the burger shop where Father's ordering a double bacon cheeseburger and then he's looking at that burger. There's no goddamn bacon on the I goddamn knew burger. You were going to point that. <laughs> There's no bacon on that double bacon cheeseburger. Um, also, where um, where where Mac um, talks about weighing the police car and he says it weighs 16,000 kilos. That is incorrect. It should be maybe 1,600 kilos because there's no 16-ton police cars out there. No. Thank you very much. Obviously, Americans and- are not Canadians with the metrics. No. <laughs> and then the other one is sort of the the scene where they're, they're sort of stealing the, the Winnebago from the police impound and they've got to get it to the, to the sort of um, ceremony with the governor and they're looking at their their watches and it's like 10 to 7 p.m. and it's still daylight outside and i i went deep i went on to like the vermont time schedules to see Holy if maybe they just stay like lit up at that time and now it's usually nighttime still then but it's still like perfectly during the day and then even after that it stays daylight for like probably another further hour or so i guess based off where the story progresses so there's just some weird missed opportunities there they don't have daylight savings I don't know. They I'm might. gonna say no. <laughs> they might. It doesn't get dark here till you know seven thirty, eight o'clock. But it was it was like looking like it was midday, <laughs> okay. and I'm like, there's no way it's seven in the morning because they're boozing and it's an open bar, so it had to be seven p.m. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then the um the other thing that holds up the worst for me is just the random like the powdered sugar shame shower thing going on. Where we just get a random penis sighting out of nowhere. 
It's, like, oh, it's a necessity. It's a necessity for every boob you've got to see a penis. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's that plenty era of, of um, having to show boobs to to suck in to... the teenage kids. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and then you got to kind of like slap him in the face by showing them a penis. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so um, Brendan's answer is that the film's just not very well made. Uh, yeah. Ali <laughs> went through like a fine tooth comb on a stoner film. I appreciate that, Brendan. <laughs> I want to see you submit some of those goofs or gaffs to uh, to IMDb trivia page, Brendan. Yeah. I can do that. There's no bacon on that burger. <laughs> and that got me real bad. I and then knew. I'm like, how did he manage to punch the hole in that? soda to, to then when he pulled the sticker down and then obviously it squirted out i'm like that's some that that's always some very impressive me. stuff yeah that would have dripped totally um uh unfortunately the things that i said that didn't hold up the best is kind of in the same vein that you kind of brought up Jono. Mm-hmm. that like there's like a lot of things in there that probably if it was like made today it probably wouldn't be okay um the obviously talking about all the misconduct and then doing it for a laugh it just would not work right now um drug theft sexual misconduct all that sort of stuff um there is a scene where a police officer is kind of having a go at ursula because she didn't put toilet paper in the toilet um and and he even suggests that if she was his wife um that he would knock her down a peg or two and unfortunately, mm. statistics have been coming out now suggesting that um, it is an actual issue with police officers um, abusing um, their wives and kind of a, being a big problem. So um, that kind of line probably wouldn't be okay, um, especially for doll? a joke. I don't remember where it came into the movie for the first time, but at the end I noticed the sex doll had her name like written on Ursula's it. Ursula's name yeah. on it, yeah. That was father's yeah. in the... And it was... Like very delicately placed in like a nice fancy looking briefcase in the boot of his car, which uh, his police. No, it wasn't his police car; it's his personal car. But yeah, Yeah. oh, that was his personal. Yeah, it was weird either way. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is um, the scene where like they're kind of doing the flirting um with Ursula and I've forgotten his character's name, uh, Foster. Um, mm-hmm. and he decides that a good way to flirt with a girl is to pretend that he is a flasher while she's working by herself at night and pretending to be a flasher. Like, th- that just always felt a bit weird. Like, they try to make it, like, whimsical and romantic. I'm like, no, that's not cool. But luckily <laughs> she obviously, you know, as we kind of said, she just pulls out a shotgun in public and points it at him, so... Yeah. And why did he have to, like, why was he allowed to keep his underwear on if he's playing the flasher role? You know, they're, they're open to showing peen. Why was there no peen shown then as well? Because <laughs> he's That's one upsetting. of the main, main, main people. He doesn't have to show, oh, no, father's one too. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <clears throat> I think the biggest crime that the movie does is that, um, like, from a filmmaking perspective or a writing perspective, is that the characters aren't just aren't that likable to me. So... Therefore, I'm not really invested in their plight to to save their station, especially when they're totally incompetent and, you know, swearing at old men that they pull over on the side of the road and just messing with people, uh, you know, the citizens of their area. I just, like, there was no attempt to establish, like, usually as a film would, like, some kind of empathy for them um, to, to make you be on their side yeah so so when a lot of the film wasn't funny um it it just kind of 
it just dragged a bit for me in, in that sense because I, I was like, okay, let's you know, let's get to the next bit or let's get to the next mm. bit. Yeah. Well, Thorny was the only real one that got any sort of character development or backstory, really, didn't he? Like, like yeah. as Ali touched on regarding, he gets some, gets it, his family fleshed out and his sort of personal life situation established, but no one else did. They're just a bunch of dudes that love drinking and toting their gun around and and causing mischief. Like, that's that's surface mm. level for everybody else, bar bar Thorny. Yeah, and they so. and they kind of claim to like be passionate about their job like you know they're competitive with the cops because the road is their territory or whatever but then yeah like it, it's part of the, the movie like they don't take it seriously they at don't all. yeah even when their job's like on the line they're still mucking they still around can't take it seriously it's yeah. just like yeah, like it's funny but it's also like it's it's funny until there's a joke that doesn't land and then suddenly i'm like i don't care about this character and yeah i'm not why would you suddenly care me why would you suddenly expect for me to care about your job or like the stakes here if I've only been invested in the parts that have actually made me laugh? Yeah. Yeah. I it always frustrated me. The character of Father was like he was always a bad cop. Like he was always bad at his job. Like I don't know if any of you's watched the after credit scene that shows you the yeah. the reason why he was the um, <laughs> on the radio <laughs> the kids. is because yeah he like attacked a bus of kids, school kids. So there's a reason why he was on radio. Then they took him off radio, and within an instant he was already a bad cop. Then he kind of turned tail because he felt mistreated, but it was deserved. So. Like that always, always bothered me. He did not deserve any kind of redemption. So yeah, and they talk about like the police unions, and that's the reason he hasn't been Funding. fired. And it makes me like, oh, like this is such an issue in the real world. Like yes. cops who who beat people up and get like a two week suspension or whatever mm-hmm. it is, yeah, and then cover they're back up on the and beat. all that. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, that's a serious topic, and this is not a serious movie. <laughs> Um, I wonder, like, how was that handled in... Has, have you seen the second one, Ali? The kickstarted or Indiegogo'd sequel? I haven't. I haven't because it got, like... Like, I was so excited when I heard that they were doing a second. Uh-huh. Um, and then as soon as, like, it kind of started getting pushed out and just all the, like, oh, this is not good at all. It's just not <laughs> translating. It's just not the same thing. Like, um, I kind of, like, I haven't really you know, decided to go and watch yourself. it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's honestly what I'm doing. So just kind of like <laughs> protecting this like little sacred memory of a, a movie that I enjoyed mm. and I didn't want it tarnished. It feels like it'd be like, you know, when they did Dumb and Dumberer, where they did this the, the oh, eventual yeah. sequel and brought Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels back. I think dumb that's going to be dumb the caliber. Dumb and Dumber Brendan. Dumb and dumb oh, well, sorry. The Dumb and Dumberer was the sh- prequel where they're young yes. like that's that's terrible too but the one where they they got the ogs back yeah. uh that's what i feel super troopers 2 would be and um i have got zero interest in ever watching that unless you rope me into a comedy <laughs> rewind to uh do it that's the only time i'm watching no, super troopers 2 that's not gonna happen <laughs> no even i wouldn't do it <laughs> oh man who would be the most offended by this movie i think cops and just people that oh, don't yeah. appreciate um like I, okay so first of all good cops <laughs> there are good cops out there a lot of them yep. um and i don't think they would appreciate i don't think this helps their cause <laughs> of trying yeah. to argue that you know a lot of them care about their work and whatever anyway and then obviously all the people that have been victimized by bad cops would also probably not yeah. be thinking this is too much fun and wanting to spend time with these characters but that's what i had 
Yeah, I, I that's what I had as well. Like, yeah, I reckon just cops and highway patrol, they might have not in, enjoyed um, how their um, jobs were being reflected in this uh, movie. And then uh, also, yeah, like you said, like especially in this time, um, just if seeing like the the way that they behaved and they themselves were committing crimes and such that anyone that was a victim to a police officer um, or any of the authority wouldn't probably find it as funny. Mm. Yeah, mm. I keep referring to them as cops. I know that in this movie, there's like a big distinction the state troopers. between the highway patrol. The highway and patrol. Cops. Yeah. But over here, the traffic management unit is like a part of the police. So yeah. I, I just, I'm just using the term interchangeably. Hopefully that doesn't, hopefully there's no issues with that. I don't really know how it works in the US. It's a, yeah, the, yeah. the only other ones like um the, the racism that thorny cops all the time where they're they calling him taliban and you know they're, they're miscasting him mis- miscasting constantly <laughs> yeah calling him mexican whereas obviously of indian descent so there's there's a lot of that like it sort of backs off maybe from halfway through the movie through to the end but the first half it was was semi-constant it feels like where he was copping those types of types of mm. jokes and offensive sort of lines at him um, yeah. pretty regularly I, in that first I, half. I didn't really mind that because he's written he the was, movie and yeah. he's like, he's the one pointing out like they think I'm Mexican. Like he, he, they're obviously idiots and he's above them. And and mm. they also, to, to their credit, they don't play on any like stereotypes of um, his culture or anything. Yeah. They don't make like, fun of his name, I don't think which is a pretty easy go-to for a lazy comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Then the other one I had is um, Peter might be a little bit offended because there's a satanic pig in the in the, um, in the the original Winnebago that gets beaten up and attacked and whatever else. And there's uh, some implied bestiality with a bear in the woods. <laughs> yes. So uh, I always yeah, hate Peter would probably thing. have a few things to say about that. Peter, so bestiality is never a joke. No. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. Does Super Trooper pass the internet relevancy test? I think so. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's not like crown jewel top of the pops no. referenced by everybody, but I think a lot of people from our circles, um, you know, you hear the, hear like the, yeah, the, the cat game references. The, I'm freaking out, man. Like, <laughs> I've, I've seen that used a fair bit. Snozberry references. Even I've seen here and there, you know, the, you boys like Mexico when he jumps into the car. <laughs> I've seen that one thrown around. And then, yeah, the, the leader of Cola. They're the main ones I think I put down as ones that I've seen referenced on social media or just in general discussion still when people are trying to be a bit funny. Yeah. I The gift that I actually do see a lot in um, that comes, I don't even know if people know what's from a movie, but I see a lot of people using the mother of God gif. Like when, you know, when actually the Mexico, just before he says that line, when they've pulled over the kids, uh, Ramathorn says it when the car speeds past. But I always see that gif. Like when someone's like really shocked at something, it's quite a very a common reactionary gif. So, but whether they know it's from a movie, I doubt <laughs> I don't think that matters. I think there's a lot of these ones that you, like, people would have a hard time telling you what it comes from. Mm. I, don't, I don't remember seeing any of them a lot, but the fact that you guys do, I'm happy to give this a pass for, for <laughs> the relevancy Thanks, test. Thanks, Jono. <laughs> yeah, I'll give, give it a B plus. <laughs> uh, how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? 
I don't think a lot. Like, the only thing I thought that it might change is it might expedite the cracking of the old John Chimpo monkey drug case where they'd have all this information they could jump online and Google these images and see Mm. what's tied up into other potential crimes that have occurred in Canada and in America. And so it might have just condensed the uh the cracking of the case that's that's all i had really outside mm. of that it's it's pretty pretty well just a bunch of peeps having fun causing shenanigans yeah they're uh, watching this animated series from afghanistan or wherever it is on a, i'm guessing a vhs tape on an old mm-hmm. crt television obviously that would just be like some youtube video that someone's uploaded if they made it now but yeah i didn't really have anything for this one i just kind of suggested that um if people had the smartphones, they're probably recording a lot of this mischievous behavior of seeing a oh, cop. Oh, yeah. Um, which is, but whether it would do much would be very interesting because we are now seeing an influx of cops being <laughs> videotaped and stuff, but not seeing too much in repercussion. But, I mean, some of the things that these cops and highway patrolmen kind of do is a bit bad. So that mm. would be the only thing. And um, they wouldn't get stuck in the back of the truck. They'd be able to, like, call. Yeah, definitely. Good answer. Good answer. Because, yeah, like the only, the closest we get to social media is like you see the, the, the zaniness then appear on the front of the local newspaper and that's it, where instead it'd be broadcast all over the, the news all over the world. So, yeah, that's true. That's that's a good pull. I have one more too. It's gross though. Um, the What's his name? Wouldn't jerk off to a billboard he'd have his phone. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He gets some speed up too. He's, yeah. he's about 100 k's an hour. I think that's the. Um, I think that's actually his wife. I think it's Steve Lemmy's wife, in real life. Okay. I think that's her picture. So that sounds like something that you'd learn from a director's commentary. Yeah. <laughs> you got any other nuggets for us, Sally? Um. Oh, for social media for and trivia. Smartphones? No, for trivia from the director's commentary. Oh. Uh. I mean, there was something about, like, the hiring process of those three boys. Um, One Mm -hmm. of them was the first person that arrived, and I believe they had a policy that they always hire the first person. Um, So it was one of the three college kids. Um, There was, like, there's honestly, like, a bunch of trivia there. And then they talk about how the end of the movie, when they're at the frat party and they're playing, like, the beer games, that's what led on to the idea of their second movie that came, the movie that came after, which was Beer Fest. Yeah, that was that was another disturbing thing where they're like he's like teaching the kids how to choke out a guy with his yeah. baton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they they also had like what like 10 police officers at this sting operation for underage drinking. <laughs> No, it was yeah. uh, no, it wasn't even that. It was a noise complaint. It was a noise oh, complaint. Right, exactly. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And everyone as is party tradition, they all just scatter. Like mm. we've all been there. Maybe not JP because he's too pure of heart, but we've all been there. Yeah. Spot on. Okay. Um, could you make this movie today? What would the 2021 version be? I think this kind of bleeds out from the previous answer kind of. because it would be very difficult um, and smartphones and stuff would have to be a component of, of it. And I think it would have to have some kind of message about like the sensitivity of, of you know, bad cops. I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine's recent season did a really good job of this. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Mm. But it starts off with a couple of episodes that focus on the whole Black Lives Matter and there are some bad cops out there and I'm not one of those cops and kind of like accepting the responsibility um, or the, I guess, the the perspective that 
there's an issue with police mm. in the US and they I thought that they handled that really well for a comedy you know the emphasis being on that it still has to be funny but they also being like that left side of Hollywood where they're very against these things they're suddenly in this position where they're like oh gee how do we how do we now we've become quote unquote the bad guys in in Hollywood um, how do we kind of handle this topic so I think it would probably be a be a difficult thing to make now but it's I'm yeah. not saying it's impossible you just have to you have to be clever about yeah. it. Cle- cleverer than this <laughs> yeah like like we get we get some sort of smatterings like you mentioned super bad earlier which obviously the, the police don't, don't take front and center but you get a good session there with with hater and hater and rogan as the uh the crazy cops playing with the the young the young kids uh but like other things that came to mind for me um 21 and 22 jump street i think mm-hmm. um fit this tone and executed a bit better than super bad i mean yeah not super bad than um super, super troopers. troopers does uh let's be cops i really enjoyed yeah. with um with one of the wayans brothers and jake johnson who i absolutely adore so i thought let's be cops uh should get some love and then if we we're going to go more down the serious route and and as you sort of mentioned regarding handling those types of sensitivities and just the, the general negative discourse around some of these people in law enforcement like the training day movie which then sub- subsequently made the training day tv show which sort of handles a lot of those things in a bit more of a serious manner there's no joking in that obviously it's mm. some heavy stuff but yeah, we've seen we've seen those themes be tackled in in a few different ways, but yeah, I think Let's Be Cops, Super Bad, and even Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street do it better than what Super Troopers does. Yeah, sorry, Ali. No, I I you know what, and I have to be completely honest. Um, I watched this yesterday because I just wanted a refresher for God knows how many times I watched it. Um, but I thought I'd rewatch it, and yeah, because of kind of the real like awareness now of the current climate especially also being within the country that has been um, exposed I guess a lot I did actually find myself um, finding it a little bit more difficult to enjoy this movie maybe than I once was Um, there were moments in the movie where I actually considered that maybe they um, in a sense was like they were trying to address some of the corruption and bad behaviors of the police force um, and kind of make a, a comment and statement about that but unfortunately by like 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 juxtapositioning it with their own shenanigans and oddities and bad behaviors um, any kind of message that they wanted to get across about you know maybe possible corruption and underfunding etc yeah. it just gets lost yeah yeah for sure so. all right it's time for the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi a real spark plug it's got to be Brian Cox, right? He he has no right to be in this movie with this cast of characters when he is a fantastic actor. I have trivia. Fantastic. I have trivia that they from the um, they said that he never Brian Cox had told them he never watches a movie that he's in. It, it feels very Bob Hoskins in Super Mario Bros. type of thing, mm-hmm. where he's like he plays this role and goes, "What the hell did I do?" But like he's a hell of an actor. Um, so, so he's, he's probably the, the winner for me, but also shout out to Linda Carter, AKA Wonder Woman, um, cameoing as the, the governor. So, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, she's, she's still not too much in the limelight these days. She did a cameo in Wonder Woman 84, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm putting my money on Brian Cox. Yeah. Is he uh, in the my- movie too much though? 
that's what I had a hard time yeah. with as well. So as far as the the more cameos, Jim Gaffigan's on there for me. Just you know, he doesn't yeah. have a lot to work with. He's he's the straight man, I guess. But I I, I want to give it to Jeffrey Arendt, the you know college boy number three or Mike as Brendan calls him, because I think he is almost like the definition of this. Like he's only in the movie for two scenes, two or three scenes, I guess. Um, he's hilarious and he's so believable as a dumb stoner college kid. Uh, so that would be my pick for someone that like when they're on the screen, I'm like paying attention a bit more than, uh, than otherwise. And I don't know. It was Brian Cox, I'm I'm open to the argument. Is he a spark plug? He's obviously a good actor, but is he a spark plug? Uh, I guess he's in it too much. I guess mm. it's a loose, like, uh, it's a loose eligibility. But uh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give a <laughs> yeah. mention to John Bedford Lloyd. I don't know if any of you like because like I can't specifically name um, any of the characters he he ever played in content in the future but the second i saw him as met the mayor mayor timber um i just he just has this head that i always remember um <laughs> like he's like i think he's like a c-grade actor kind of thing but yeah um I'm, I, there's a bunch of people in this movie that i'm just kind of like i feel like i don't know if they personally went on to they were already established before this movie and then went on to bigger things um, because I know that um, Kevin Heffernan, who played Father, said that Jim Gaffigan was his nemesis in the comedy acting scene. They would always be competing for roles, and Jim Gaffin- uh, Gaffigan would always take them. So, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I assumed that he was in this movie probably through knowing them on the com- com- comedy circuit. Oh yeah, something like that. yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna dictate this and, and give the award to Jeffrey Arendt. He, he might have um, might have ended things with Christina Hendricks, but he's now got a Steve Buscemi Sparkplug Award. So, you know, win some, yeah, lose some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, Brian Cox, I don't. I still am baffled that he's in this movie. Like when I saw him, I'm like, what? What are you doing here? It might be the old, like, I made this movie for my son or my, my kids said I had to make this movie because they're a huge fan of the com- comedy troupe or whatever you know you hear those stories every now and then. i don't recall him like them saying the reason why he took up the role <laughs> but they just specifically said that he told them that he never watches movies he's been in so he he will never see what this came about right um and they also mentioned that he couldn't eat chocolate um sorry um there was something about the scene where you know he bites the soap they had to get a special oh, yeah. type of chocolate because he was like he had like an allergy or something and he couldn't have normal <laughs> chocolate so the soap was chocolate if oh, anyone man. wanted to trivia. Now, now I want some chocolate soap. It, it wouldn't have... I just had this idea... <laughs> to wash yourself or to <laughs> eat? Yeah, to eat or to wash? <laughs> Obviously to eat. Come on. <laughs> just get a chocolate I, I just had this thought that you could lure someone like that into a movie if you if you give them the pages that they're in and they're all serious, dramatic roles. But then everything else in the movie is like this stoner comedy and they, they never watch the movie and they never know how bad it was. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe he is such a like refined actor that he, given the opportunity to do something a bit stupid, maybe he took it. Anyway, final question is: Super Trooper still a good movie? And uh, I'm gonna go say no because it's uh it's rare that I can say no on this podcast. So I'm gonna say no. I wouldn't recommend this to someone that's never seen it. And if you are a fan 
like if you have if you hold love in your heart for this film like Ali does maybe it's <laughs> worth going back to but it might also just shatter your uh, preconceived notions or memories or, or nostalgia that you have because yeah it's, it's as we've pointed out there's many aspects of this that aren't well done there's some funny scenes I'd probably just say look up the funny scenes on YouTube because you're going to have yeah. a better time and save yourself about an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> Is that fair, Ali? Yeah. Does that hurt to hear? It, no, unfortunately, I'm I'm good enough to um, actually agree with wow. you that um, anyone anyone like me that maybe grew up with it or like have a, like that connection to it that enjoyed it even even now I'd probably say maybe don't really watch it because even I was a little sad rewatching it <laughs> yesterday, um, not hitting the same way. And anyone new that haven't seen it, I just don't think it's gonna hit the same way. So. It probably, yeah, it's probably not considered good anymore. Yeah, I'm um, I'm sorry, Miss Hart, but no, it's it's not a good movie. Like, it's um, a no from me. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a Simon sorry, Cow Dave. level no from me. <clears throat> like, uh, yeah, it was it was a rough watch. Like, I I gave it my full attention for the full uh, what was it, ninety or or um, hundred minutes yeah, or whatever the runtime. It was minutes, a yeah. Yeah, so I gave it my full attention and I had my notes out and I was I was excited <laughs> to to fill out my my sort of thoughts for for the podcast today, but it was a tough watch. Like I I I didn't really have any audible laughs. Like there was a few times where I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 pretty funny, but for the most part I'm like, god damn, this movie is is not good, but like, you know, if if any listeners out there are, are stoners maybe chuck this on you'll probably find some laughs in it if you're a little bit uh a little bit under the influence mm. uh do not recommend that um kids you know hugs not drugs as they say but for some that do this movie could be enjoyable for you but for the rest of us in society yeah probably not probably give it a miss i was gonna say i truly have to test if it's the comedy thing or maybe it's the overall tone of being about cops but i'm gonna actually watch beer fest sometime soon because i want to see if maybe it was just the overall undertone story mm. that super troopers that kind of went downhill for me or if i just don't find that funny anymore so i'm gonna watch beer fest to, beer fest to see how that goes along yeah because i really I enjoyed, think I enjoyed beer fest I I, think I I enjoyed it i enjoyed beer fest they had more funding they had um more actors more names there's a lot of um snl people in there um, a lot of um, comedy actors that you probably recognize as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I'm just like recollecting happy memories and just make like reassuring myself that it was good. <laughs> maybe maybe we should have mm. done that one instead of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Trigger warning, of course, for people burger aficionados like Brendan who uh, who, who <laughs> don't enjoy seeing a bacon burger with no bacon. I would be pissed. And Father, like, obviously, he was just spitting out the lines that he had written down. But, like, you know, bacon double cheeseburger, no bacon. I'd be like, what the hell, man? I'd be jumping that counter, too. Well, he was okay with there being potentially spit in the burger. So Spat on, so yeah. Maybe he was okay with yeah. him forgetting the bacon. Yeah. Inconsistencies. Yep. All right. Uh, Brendan, do we want to plug the new merch store? Are we ready for that? 
Um, yeah, just um, just head on over to shopapit.net for direct access to the new merch store. Looking at a few options, uh, we we may end up going full circle and back to <laughs> designed by humans of all places just to make it easier. We we did try and try and experiment with a couple of drop shipping companies out of the US, but it was um a very 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 painful experience uh we had a few headaches and miscommunications and orders that were mm. incorrectly filled and so on and so forth um so yeah just shop 8bit.net by the time you're listening to this will be directed to our our, our current web uh web or merch store and um yeah we just sort of got a sort of a couple of lines we don't have like um in years past where we've got every single design we've ever done up there we're just going to sort of keep it tight and sort of do seasonal releases rotate in designs just to keep things looking fresh and um yeah shop8bit.net you can get yourself t-shirts hoodies um you know singlets caps all that kind of stuff will be there you can chuck it on your person feel good look good and uh represent the 8-bit brand so shop8bit.net check it out fantastic we've got the Deathloop spoiler cast that you can check out now with uh, Brendan, Matt Tilby, and myself talking about that latest uh, release from Arcane Studios and Bethesda. So that was a good time. Uh, Hungry Gamers, obviously, if you want to catch more from Brendan and Ali, putting in work is picking up a little with a few episodes releasing uh, in coming weeks and week just gone. So get over to putting in work to hear some of my interviews. And of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, leave a rating and review in your podcast service of choice. And if you really want to support us, of course, you can head over to the Kofi page. That's ko-fi.com slash we are 8-bit, A-T-E-B-I-T. We want to thank our Kofi supporters. Of course, you guys are legends. And where can we find you, Brendan, on socials? Yeah, find me on them socials at Brendan8Bit. And quickly as well, uh, for listeners, if you're looking for some all um, some additional podcasting love and um, things to consume in the coming weeks, PAX Radio is going to be running over on the uh, PAX slash Audio Technica Discord. So it's going to have uh, podcast episodes from the, the best and brightest from across Australia and New Zealand covering all things from the geek universe. So um, yeah, check the socials on there. We'll, do, we'll be doing some sharing over at the at we are 8-bit socials as well as our individuals so uh yeah check that out running from uh, october 8 through to 10 beautiful and ali where can we find you you can find me everywhere at miss ali hard very good and you can find me at jono himself dear listeners thank you again for joining us on comedy rewind be kind <laughs> <laughs>